that described your personality or that <laughs> or that helped us get to know you, what would it be? Well, that's a really hard question. It would probably be some... I can't even think. Um, and I feel like I'm like, oh, I'm like, a, like, I feel like I'm next to like a bomb or something. I'd have to answer logically. <laughs> I don't know, 15 seconds of a song. Okay, the song by Shakira from the World Cup, like Say La Vie, I've never listened to it, but it's just very happy and it's about like Africa or something. I'm not from Africa, I'm not claiming to be, but it's just very upbeat and motivational and it's very, I don't know, that's just like I heard it the other day, so that's just is what's coming to mind. Okay, all right. It's what I'd like to be, it's like upbeat. Okay. Now everyone's gonna think I'm like pretending I'm from Africa, but no, it's like <laughs> a very good, it was for the World Cup in uh, South Africa. Okay, that's actually good that. We're talking about that a little bit because later on in the podcast, I'm going to talk about the forum I went to and I told you how it's really controversial. Yes. So like, you know. Is this a DXC one? Yeah. Yeah. The DXC one. Um, the one I think thought was a drug at first. Yeah, the one that you thought was a drug at first. The yeah. DXC forum. Or this year it was the Animal Liberation Conference hosted by DXC. Um, and my other question for you is if you were... One or two colors, what would they be and why? Okay, certainly the first one is orange. Orange has always been my favorite color. Um, why? Because I think I've just always liked it. I think it's, uh, I think when I was growing up, everyone liked blue or pink or purple. And PS321, that's the elementary school I went to in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. So I didn't pick orange because I was like trying to be a rebel, but. I've always just liked orange. I've always thought it was a cool color. I think maybe it had something to do with like fire. I don't know why, but I really liked orange. Now I sound like like a, a what are those those people who love fire? But I've always loved orange. I think it's a very warm color. I think it's very natural. It's a color of the sun mm -hmm. in a way. Don't look at the sun wrong. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Just disclaimer. And the second color I'd have to say is probably green because I grew up most of my life in Oregon. And it's very stereotypical, but there's a lot of green trees. Mm -hmm. um, there's a big fire, so now a lot more mercury. Orange but, and green. But uh, I guess it's like kind of a morbid <laughs> way to put that. But green, because I love nature. I love um, hiking. I, I'm being out here in the east. There's mm -hmm. some beautiful nature, but not as I love the Pacific Northwest. And you've seen that nature. Yeah. And it's really beautiful. beautiful. So, and I grew up, my house was like surrounded by green. And like, you know, we could go hiking, like, like, there were trails that were just blocks away from our house, and we'd be in the woods. And I remember walking our dogs and stuff. And so, or our dog, we only had one dog at a time. But so, I just have a lot of fond memories of green. Oh, okay, I like yeah. that. And both her water bottles are green That's right now. And they're both I, oh, Camelback. Actually, so wow. This podcast is brought to you by Camelback. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually found mine on my hike in Yosemite. So this yeah. is perfect. Brought to you by Camelback, who no it's one sponsors me, yeah. but hopefully someone does. Maybe after this podcast. So if you know someone who wants to sponsor me, share this with them. Yeah. It Camelback. hasn't happened yet, but I keep crossing my fingers. Camelback, shoot. <laughs> um, okay, awesome. Yay, thanks, Henry. You're welcome. I'll be $5. <laughs> well, first I need a sponsor. Yeah. Well, okay. Um, so actually, the first thing I wanted to talk about before I started telling you, like, word vomiting on you, yeah. everything I've done in the past couple weeks, is that usually when I travel, I travel with little to no money, 
Um, that's how I met you the first time. Yes, that's how you met me the first time. Yeah. And then Henry was like, do I need to pay for your food? Like, I'm used to you and not having any money. <laughs> I don't think I even paid for her when she, because she was staying with our mutual friend. But when she came out, I was like, oh, Kaylin is a backpack. I mean, maybe she doesn't have any money with her, but then she just was whipping out her PNC card. So. Oh, yeah, because Kira's dad... My friend's dad that we stayed with, that I stayed with, let me go to his office and, like, file things in a file cabinet for money. Yeah, he's great. He's great. Shout out to Ken. Uh, Ken, go. If you ever need a lawyer in, in Portland, Portland. Or go to Ken. I don't know what law he does, but. Um, so, yeah, usually I travel like that. But I have a really fantastic job um, with the Save the Animals, Save the Earth campaign. So, like I was telling you, I have been working online from various places, um, part-time for them. So... Before I was doing this, also, I was waitressing, so I was saving up a lot of money because I really wanted to go to Europe this year. And but at a vegan restaurant. At a vegan Sorry restaurant. Not, but no, that's good. They need to know. Caitlin carrying steak. And I would be, like, throwing up on it and crying in the bathroom. Um, Do you remember when we went into the steakhouse? To try to disrupt it? Yeah. And, and then we, you That was my first disruption I ever did. Yes. Did we disrupt was, it, though? We did. We did? Okay. And then the waiter took us out. Oh, wait, Henry, I think I did a disruption, and then it was your turn, and then... Was I think you got nervous. No, we did it. I remember did you? We, we went, we like were like, kind of like... We, there, remember there was like a table in the back? Yeah. In the far back of it? And we went to and the we back. went to the back, and we were like, kind of standing by the bathroom, and then we started saying stuff, oh, yeah. and then I said something stupid. I forgot what I said, but I said something like... Oh, I was like, right, no, I was the one who was like, okay, let's leave, like, first. Oh, yeah. And then the waiter came, and I was like, okay, we're leaving. <laughs> and I was like, no, no. No, but it was fun. It was fun. It was good. People rolled their eyes at us. As they always do. I don't do. think they yelled. It could have been worse. We didn't, I didn't stay with you and get arrested. Yeah. Well, you didn't get arrested. I did not that time. <laughs> That's for a different episode. Right? That's a different, actually, I have both, I have two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't pull back this choking me. I have an episode for each time I've been arrested, so that's good if you want to listen to those. Um, but yeah, so I've been saving up money because I wanted to go to Europe, and I know that I could find a way probably in the world somehow to get there with no money, but... Well, you I, could take a cargo ship. Yes. Isn't that kind of free? I think so. I think you have to go like all the way around like Asia. And, like, <laughs> so if I had all the time in the world, which I do, but I have... Um, a job that I want to be back for at the end of July, then I would do that. But, like, it's interesting for me to see how traveling with money is different from traveling without money. Yeah. Um, it's so foreign to most of us to see someone travel without money. It's like, I know. You just can't imagine. So it's, like, foreign to me to see people traveling with, like, just that they go somewhere and they just, like, oh, I'm going out to eat, like, three times a day. Like, because if you're traveling without money, you're like, oh, I'm going dumpster diving, and then I'm working for food. I'm eating cliff bars. Yeah, I'm eating cliff bars. Like, you manage your time differently. So if you travel with money, you have you get to spend less time working for what you need, less time trying to find work. Like, yeah. you just go where you want. You do what you want. And the point of my travel to Europe and to Canada um, and to California was actually to see people that I had already met traveling. So. Yeah. My goal wasn't to take the most amount of time to get to know a place. My goal was just to go, like, straight here and visit you. Yeah. Straight to Europe and visit all my friends I met on exchange. So I'm like, yeah. you know what? To be a jet setter, but kind of a poor jet setter. <laughs> right. So I'm still not... So my question is for you, not, not to, like, turn the rules around, but... No. Are you going to... Because you 
mentioned you're coming back for your job. Yeah. So the job you have now is the same job that you have when you're coming back, right? Yes, yeah, I'm just for them part-time now, but okay. I'll be working for them, like, in person full-time when I come back, I think. Okay. So, or just more hours than I have now. Okay. And I'm not quite sure what I'll be doing, but I just know it's enough to, like, get and me to that's in North back. Carolina, right? Yeah, that's in North Carolina. So, that'll be fun. That'll be a hoot. That'll be a hoot, and then you people can come visit That'll be me. whack. That'll be whack. Oh, snap. Caitlin has gotten me, a, she, the first time I saw her, like, this time, she kept saying, oh, because when she visited me, I, I kept saying, oy vey, oy vey, and then she kind of adopted oy vey for a while. <laughs> and oy vey is like a Jewish thing, and it's like something like, oh, God. And then I kind of stopped even using it, but maybe Caitlin was still using it. But then when a I saw Caitlin for the first time, she kept saying, oh, snap. But my brain, like, misinterpreted it as, like, oh, whack, or, like, that's whack. So I kept saying, like, whoa, that's whack. And then I'm, like, every time I say it, I remember, I'm, like, oh, that's not the expression that I'm trying to, like, co-op. It's supposed to be, like, something else. And I have to say, Caitlin, what is it? And then it's, like, oh, snap. But yeah. then we combined it and made, like, oh, snap, that's, that's whack. whack. So if anyone wants to make a rap song. Oh, snap, that's whack. Yeah. On the play back. Drop the beat. <laughs> The people listening are like, this is not real estate. I know. <laughs> so I hope no one's listening. So speaking of a uh, preferred return, uh, deficiency and clawback. I don't even know. I don't know what that means either. Me neither. <laughs> not majoring in it. Me neither. Um, yeah. So it's just, I'll, I'll, I'll publish more in the future on people if you want to read what it's like traveling with money versus without money. Because also when I went on exchange, my parents paid for it. So, um, I was able to travel without money and, I'm, I'm sorry, with money. So I know what that's like, obviously, but like funding my own thing, traveling with money versus without money is a completely different experience than being privileged and having your parents pay for and a I, year I abroad. think it also shows, I mean, and I, and I think you mentioned in one of your earlier podcasts, biking across the country with no money, mm-hmm. which at the end of it is where I first met Kaylin mm-hmm. and, uh, and I think that that is such a fantastic thing. And I, it's something that, first of all, I feel like an obligation to say, like, you have to be careful about doing it. And I'm right. sure you've said that before. Yeah. But uh, the idea that travel, yes, it is much easier and much more safe if you have the resources to do it. But it's also possible to do it with no resources. And right. I remember when I met Caitlin, I thought, this is insane that someone is going across a continent with no money, with a bike. And, and it was... A terrific story to hear, and I remember telling my parents about it, and they were like, "What? Like, yeah. why did they allow her to do that?" <laughs> but I think it's um, it's it'd be a. I'm sure there's other people out there. I guess that's a question I have for you. Yeah. Have you met other? Is there like a movement? Like, did you read about this online of someone else who did this? Or when? So now I know that other people are doing it. It's very few. Like you know, when you get into the vegan world, almost, and you meet a bunch of vegans all of a sudden, even though. I just did the research, we're only half of 1% of the population. You feel like you know a lot of people doing it. What's the same with this type of travel? There's not a lot of people doing it, but once you get into it, you meet them. So I know other people, like my friend um, Taylor, who I met for the first time in California, which I'll talk a little bit about, he does it all the time for like a couple years or a few years now. But when I decided to do it, all I heard was that one person... I don't even know the person's name. Someone yeah. told me that a person had traveled across the U.S., through the U.S., with no money, and she, like, spoke as she went, so people would buy her bus tickets. Or she would, like, ask to do work, 
And I never looked it up to see if this was actually true. I was yeah. just like, someone did it so I could do it. <laughs> someone jumped out of a plane and survived. I could do it. Right. It was exactly like that. But you did. And I think it was right. a great learning experience. Yeah. And then. And I'm jealous. I think that's great. I wish I had the, the chutzpah to, to do that. <laughs> well, thanks, Henry. It's very cool. Yeah. It, that type of travel is cool because I feel like I met so many people yeah. that I wouldn't have met traveling a different way. And you're vulnerable, not in like a negative sense, but right. you're dependent on other people. Yeah. And it's kind of like monks do, I guess, in like Buddhist cultures and stuff, mm. where like they're living off of what people are giving them. So yeah. it's very, it's very, you know, some might say, oh, that's mooching. But on the flip side, it's kind of experiencing the generosity of people that oh, people yeah. have. And then you also experience rejection. So right. you kind of, you really see all types of humans. Are, you do. And they're array of behaviors <laughs> I saw an array for sure and and the cool thing was that too like a lot of the time people will just give you things and a lot of times you do have to work for it so it's like yeah. almost an ego smash like showing up at a pizza parlor and just based on how my life normally is and then comparing it to that point in my life being like I literally have no money can I just like work for like a salad today and it depends on the other person. The other person gets to say yes or no. And you're in this, like, position where you're like... What ratio would you say is, like, yes or no? I'm I, sorry, I don't mean to, like, take over Oh, this. no, that's okay. Uh, they all, I only got told no probably once or twice, actually, on that whole trip. Yeah. Um, and you, how many times do you think you asked? Like, oh, man. Like, dozens? Probably at least a dozen. Yeah. Probably. Um, and I remember one person told me no at a farmer's market and I got really upset, but then I was like walking down the street and I saw a vegan restaurant and I asked to work there and they initially told me no and then they went back and told me yes and I met an yeah. amazing person. Yeah. So it worked out. Yeah. You know, so it, it, it's just cool because it always work out, works yeah. out. But I guess for people, like if you're deciding how to travel, it all depends on your goals. If there's a will, there's a way. If there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. If you want to go experience the country and meet all these new people you probably wouldn't have met and, like, dive in really deep, then maybe consider doing it without money. If you're like me this time and you just want to go see people that you've already met and you don't care about the full um, immersing experience, then buy a plane ticket, buy your food. And go directly. Right, and just go stay with those people. Yeah. Yeah. Which is totally what I've done this time. So So what's next on the agenda? So today I'm going to talk about the past two weeks that I've been on the road. One, I did Yosemite National Park. Two, I went to the Animal Liberation Conference. Um, And the one thing that I wanted to talk about before I even got into this, which I was updating you a little bit on last night. I know when a lot of people hear DXC, they're like, oh my god, like, Kaylin, you're even like talking about DXC or you're considering DXC or like you went to the forum like I know people are upset about that um not only with me but with other people yeah and so before I'm gonna talk about Yosemite first okay but DXC where you found this camel where I found this or wait no not camel sorry camelback yeah camelback water (laughs) but if they'll sponsor you then you'll take it where I picked up chain smoking (laughs) (laughs) that's for Kaylin lost her teeth yeah (laughs) that's what I talk like this now (laughs) Um, that might have been problematic, but... Oh, oh well. Say la vie. <laughs> Say la vie. We're in Montreal. Yeah, it doesn't count. Um, though, the, the thing I wanted to mention is that, like, with me going to the Animal Liberation Conference, like, people need to know that I thought about it 
a lot. I've been doing a lot of research into DXC, um, not into the other groups that hosted the Animal Liberation Conference. So the conference was a week-long event, animal rights event, hosted by the Save Movement, Anonymous for the Voices, and Direct Action Everywhere. Um, and I'm still figuring out my stuff with DXC. Uh -huh. And I chose to go because I wanted to learn the content yeah. that was there. Um, last year, I met amazing people that were there. I wanted to also like expand my vision and learning about DXE. Yeah. Because I'm asking all these questions, and if I don't, I feel like this is my way of making decisions and learning that I don't have to like actively support them all the time, but if I just cut them off completely and stop listening to their uh -huh. stuff or watching their videos, I'm not going to be able to make a decision. Well, I'd say also that I think you have to keep in mind that going off what you said about like being there and watching is like you can't make a judgment about someone if you're not fully informed or some group or someone yeah. if you're not fully informed about what they are and what they stand for right and if you completely shut off a group based on 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 some things that you've heard then that first of all that doesn't mean that those things are true and you shouldn't take it seriously you right. should take them seriously sure. but the way i think that you kind of can understand it the full scale of things is to be present and to be and to look at it in totality and not mm -hmm. just simply as like oh this group you know has this one issue here and I'm then ignoring all the positive things I mean I think right. a great comparison is like the Roman Catholic Church which is a huge which is I think the biggest organization in the world and mm -hmm. there are some horrific things that have gone on and there have been some horrific handlings of sexual abuse in, in that case but then there are also millions of people who billions of people who find their faith in that church and who find community and find meaning in that. Mm -hmm. So if you discredit the entire group, then you're kind of, you're, I think it's an overly simplistic way and a very kind of black and white way. Yeah. As opposed to like looking at something as, as, cause groups are just groups of pe people and you know, people are flawed. So, right. so I guess I'd ask you like, what was your feelings like when you were there? Was it, were you kind of, did you have hesitation before you were going there, or when you were there? Were you, did you did that kind of arise, or was when did it like fully manifest? Um, I had I had some things that I was concerned about um, before I went that I was looking into online. Uh -huh. You can only read so much on comments and stuff, so I was also talking to other people about it who knew more than me. Yeah, and I still am um, because I do have concerns, and I still do even after I went. But while I was there, I did feel like I was in a safe environment. I felt like I had the space that I needed uh -huh. if I had a concern. And it was interesting because some other people there that like people of color, um, yeah. like femme folks also were like, wow, I've never felt safer in a space than I do here. So it's not as black as white yeah, as you not, thought it might be. Right. And, and the thing is, is that like my concerns that I have about the group are still valid and I'm still looking into them and everyone else yeah. who has decided not to even look at their content or go to their things. Like, your decision is valid, too, so I'm yeah. not invalidating that. It's an that. individual choice. Right. It's an, it's, it's an individual choice there. So I think we just have to be critical thinking and also give people space to make their decisions because some people have been like, like you shouldn't even be like yeah. looking at their stuff, watching. But like my process is if I'm going to figure it out and make an educated decision, then that's how I'm going to do it. And what if they put out a video addressing these things and you've just blocked them and you're ignoring them? Right. Then you're not going to be able to see it. And then the fact of the matter is, is according to my understanding, there, 
if not the largest, one of the largest, you know, animal yeah. activist groups or animal liberation groups in the world. Right. I mean, I've read somewhere, I think they're over in 90 countries or something. Oh, snap. Get, oh, snap. Oh, oh, snap. Oh, snap. That's why. I, I could be wrong, but I think oh, it's snap. Snap. That's why. But it might be 90 chapters or maybe 20. I don't know. But it, they're, in, Large uh, they're in dozens of countries. Yeah. And they've done a tremendous amount of work of saving animal lives and mm -hmm. completely ignore that positive change on the basis that any group of any size of, of that proportion will have yeah. negative things, I think is not only harmful to the movement, but also just kind of shooting yourself, what's the expression? Shooting, shooting yourself, yourself in, in the foot. foot to spite your face or something. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Shooting yourself in the foot. Um, and and it's interesting that you said that the, the people that are about uh, women or, you know, people, femme, uh, femme folks were, um, <laughs> were uh, felt safe there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's not saying that there isn't that problem right, still, right. but I don't know. I do think that they're progressing in different ways, and I do think that, like, it's important that we do look at those ways, even if they have messed up in the past or if they're still messing up. Just, you know, my whole point of addressing it is that, like, we're going to be talking about this in this podcast, what I did there, and I just want people to know I do have concerns and I am thinking critically, but... Um, I'm still figuring out. Yeah. So, like, if you don't like it, then just don't. And also, to it's the rest. important to note that, like, they weren't the only group there. There are other groups. There. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm not sure what I would have done if they were the only group there. But there were other groups that were hosting it, and I really wanted to see what was yeah, going on. Yeah, it wasn't called the DXC conference. It was called no. the Animal. And I have to do a disclaimer. Actually, I really am not informed about. I know. I don't know much about the allegations or the yeah. or the misconduct that happened, uh, but. Kaylin told me like yesterday or so that there's some like sexual allegations. So mm -hmm. I just want to say I don't know like I'm not like completely informed on what the severity is. Right. So I don't want to be you know speaking out of yeah. line. But that's what I'm also still not fully informed and I'm trying to be. But it's like a process because it's a lot to look through. Well, and is it like a lot on the internet? I mean, is it? Yeah, there's a lot that's on the internet. So it's a lot of like reading through comments and like. So it's hard to kind of know what like what is it hard to like like know what is like. Substantial, or what is more kind of like hearsay? If someone said, "Oh, someone said it, this." It is because at first I didn't think it was as hard to look through all the things online, but then a couple things happened to me this year that I was just telling you yeah. about, where someone posted false information about me online. Um, that normally people would trust this person, and this person is very intelligent, but they twisted things and made it look very different. And then I experienced that where. Yeah. Where, the witch hunt. Yeah, where it was the witch hunt against me, and then also um, everyone probably saw on here the thing that happened with Anthony Collini, where his text messages were posted. And I'm not defending him or anything like that, but there was a lot to the story that people didn't see that I did see, and the witch, witch hunt went on for him too. So things get really twisted. Yeah. And so. Especially in our era of social media. Yeah. Especially in our area of social media, so it's just like you see it everywhere. Yeah, at first I thought it was easier to know what was true, and then I had to take a step back after all that had happened to me, and been like, okay, I see how things can get twisted, but I keep need like I need to look at it still. So well, I mean, and and the scary thing is, is that is one is someone could be bitter against you, someone could be bitter against uh, 
anyone for that matter. I mean, yeah. giving one allegation and then that can spin into a whole thing where something can be out of context. Right. Right? And it can ruin people's careers in, in this movement and beyond this movement. Yeah, uh, for sure. And I think everyone, or at least me and you, but I think the vast majority of people can agree that no one supports like the sexual violence or any sort of violence or abuse right. or anything. I mean, we try not to be vegan, so it's like yeah. we're really against violence. And, um, but it still can be hard to navigate navigate in this new era. We're all pioneering. It's like the wild west on the internet. It's, it's, <laughs> it is. The rules are changing all the time. Yeah, it can be hard to keep up. It is, and I I feel like it has been. So yeah, that's a good disclaimer for anyone listening. Your concerns about DXC are valid, and I'm also looking at them too, but I went, it happened, and I'm going to talk about it. Yeah, you have the right to. Yeah, right? It's my experience, so yeah. sharing it, no matter if, you know, things are messed up or not, I mean, I still win. Yeah. So. Is there anything else you want to share about it, like anything you learned or anything that was um, noteworthy? Yes, for sure. I'm going to do Yosemite first, okay. in case anyone wants to block out the DXE section, Okay. so they don't have to, like, skip, even though they probably just had to listen to all that. Well, and you can edit it, right? Yeah, I can edit it. Yeah. And then we'll come back and do all the noteworthy stuff from the DXE. Okay. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was really different was when I went to Yosemite. So I went up to, this is just, like, travel stories and fun hiking tips, um, I went to Ohio to see my best friend graduate, and then, um... That's not where Yosemite is. No, <laughs> it's pretty far away. I went from North Carolina. I went to Ohio, and I went to Yosemite, and it's like, oh, are you sure you were there? <laughs> I don't know how I got there. Um, so I had this plan with my friend Sam, who I met yeah. couch surfing last year, that I'll fly to Las Vegas, he will leave, um, from Idaho, come pick me up, and we'll drive to Yosemite. And then, like, a couple days before, and by the way, Sam's been on this podcast, so if you listen, he's the one who did the couch surfing episode. Um, and then, so a couple days beforehand, Sam was like, Sam got in a car accident, and oh, he didn't feel well enough to go. But I already bought a really cheap last-minute ticket to Las Vegas that I don't have insurance on to change it or anything yeah. like that. And I don't like Las Vegas. And I was like, <laughs> and I'm Las stuck. Vegas advocate. <laughs> right. So is Yosemite accessible through Las Vegas? Is that how you went? Um, it's like a day's drive. Okay. So I always get it confused with Yellowstone, and I know that sounds like that, um, but no, it's Yellowstone okay. is in Montana, right? And then Yosemite yes. is in Nevada. Um, Yosemite is in California. Oh, it's in California. Oh, it's with the. It's not the redwoods. I'm sorry. I sound like I don't know. No, the redwoods are actually there and at the top of it, though. Wait, is it in Northern California? Um, it's like mid. I yeah, think. I think I've been there. Okay. Like because driving from Portland to LA. Oh, you might have gone through. Portland. I think I've been there. Okay, if you've if you've gone to the east a little bit off yeah. the coast, um, more inland. Yeah. So I need to actually pull. Them. I'm so bad with directions, but so I was like, oh crap. So am I. <laughs> Sam's not going, and I'm gonna be stuck in Las Vegas, and I had no idea what to do. So I was like, well, whatever, I'll figure it out. So I took all my camping stuff with went me. Went to a casino. <laughs> I went to a casino, gambled my troubles away. No, I'm just, I don't want to go back in those casinos. Um, I, right when I was getting on the plane, like, the, so a couple days beforehand, I was, like, getting on couch surfing yeah. and all these Facebook groups, and I was like, is any group going to Yosemite from Las Vegas, which is a far drive, yeah. so most people aren't, if unless they're road tripping 
and they've rented a car or they're from here and have a car. So if you don't mind me asking, just for clarification, why yeah. were you flying to Las Vegas in the first place? Because it was a good point for him to pick me up on the way to oh, California. Oh, he was going to drive. Yeah, he was going to drive. And where car. is he based? Idaho. Oh, okay. So he's going to come down and get you yeah. and then you're going to go up. Yeah. He was like, flying here, this is a good point. And I was like, I hate Las Vegas, but okay. And then you're stuck there. <laughs> and then I was like, no. Um, but I was, you know, the whole time I was like, Sam, you take care of you first. That's the most important yeah. thing. Yeah, you almost had a car crash. Right. So I was like, I'm not complaining. Um, so I'm like freaking out and I'm looking at all these groups. I didn't want to be stuck in Las Vegas, but I just really wanted to go to Yosemite and I don't know why because I don't know anything about it. Um, and then right when I was getting on the plane, he texted me a message that sounded like he might be able to go. He didn't say that. Yeah. But I was just like, Sam, I'm getting on the plane. If you want to come, come. Don't feel like you have to. I would yeah. love to see you, but take care of you. I hope I see you. And I got on the plane. <laughs> and when I landed, he had texted me back, and he's like, all right, I'm driving now. Like, I'm, I'm leaving. Yeah. So he went from Idaho, drove to Las Vegas, which was a pretty long drive. I don't... I think so. Yeah. I don't remember how many hours, but it was like a day drive for him. And he left later in the day, I think. So he didn't get there till like 12... or I'm sorry, like 2 in the morning. But the thing was... Is You're that becoming Canadian. <laughs> saying sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Um, the thing was, is that Sam had rented an R or an Airbnb for us uh-huh. in Las Vegas. So when I got there, I was going to, even if I was by myself, I was going to use the Airbnb. And so I, I get to the airport and I use Uber cause I had a gift certificate and shout out to Mo and shout out to Uber. <laughs> shout out to Uber. If you also want to sponsor this podcast, even though they're kind of problematic. They're kind of, they're, I'm, I'm sorry. It was Lyft. Oh, Lyft. They're okay, less, Lyft is a lot better. Yeah, they're, they're better. Lyft. Uber C. I don't want Uber. Kind of a horrible person. Yeah, Uber, I don't want you to do this. Yeah, Lyft. Taking over the world. Lyft, you can do it if you give me free Lyft rides. That'd be great because it's kind of expensive sometimes. Use the code Kaylin. And get, <laughs> no, you won't get anything. <laughs> You'll just get an error. <laughs> or maybe they're sponsoring someone else. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Anyways, so I get to the airport and I take my Lyft to the place that the Airbnb is supposed to go, but it's just a Taco Bell. So and your Airbnb was a Taco Bell? It wasn't supposed to be. It was supposed to be someone's house, but like... They lived at Taco Bell? No. <laughs> they were supposed to live in a house. And I called Sam, and Sam pulled over while I was driving, and he tried to contact the Airbnb host, and they never answered, ever. They never, ever answered him, ever. They again. didn't? No. Um, okay. They never answered him, ever. So we couldn't find the Airbnb. The Taco Bell was already closed because I so was like midnight. Sleep there. So I couldn't sleep there. So I sat outside and used their Wi-Fi and did some work for a while. That's good thinking. Right? Shout out to Taco Bell. If, if you want to sponsor this, yeah. <laughs> you can go vegan. Um, vegan Bell. Vegan Bell. I like that. Um, so I sat outside and did work and the workers kept walking out because the drive-thru was open and like staring at me because I had a huge backpack. And I looked like... Like, I don't know. Like, and you were in Las Vegas. Yeah, they, I looked like I got dropped off on the side of the road. If you see anyone in Las Vegas, like, just on the side of a road, outside of Taco Bell on a computer, it's kind of like... At 2 a.m. Oh, yeah, especially at 2 a.m. Yeah. Maybe some red flags were... For sure. So, eventually, I went into this Mexican restaurant that was open 24-7. I waited for Sam. When he got there, we went to a Walmart parking lot, and he has, like... Taco Bell, Walmart, you just have great taste. Walmart, please don't sponsor. Is that where your Airbnb was? (laughs) Basically. 
Sam has like a smaller car, but he pulled out the two back seats so and made like a floor almost. So we put a blow up mattress in his car. Yeah. And that's where we slept for a week or a little over a week. We slept in his car. Um, so we set it up at like 2 a.m. I was really tired. And then I'm just telling you this because this is like what happened throughout the whole trip. Every morning at like 4 or 5 a.m., I usually wake up and need to have a bowel movement. We've talked about that a lot over the, our two days together. Yeah. So when you're like... In, shout out to olive oil. Shout out to olive oil. When I woke up, like, there was a strip club close to us. Oh my and it Lord. was like the only thing that was open. But I knew they wouldn't let me use the bathroom just because of how I was dressed. So I had to, like, keep walking and find a gas station. I was kind of mad because it was just so early. I was so tired and I really had to go. This is at 5 a.m.? Yeah, this is Wait, like... Wait, so where were you sleeping again? Walmart parking lot. Okay, yeah, that's why we were just we didn't we never went in a in. car. Yeah, in a car. Um, so Boys that was walked. like, yeah, most of the trip with Sam was like me waking up at five a.m. I have to go to the bathroom, looking for somewhere to <laughs> drop the kids off at the pool. <laughs> exactly. So did you find a place? Yeah, I found a gas station. Um, <laughs> did you fill up the car with gas? Or did yeah. you just like? No, I walked there by myself while Sam was sleeping. So that, it's a miracle you survived that. I know. This this happened Las Vegas, a lot. I've been there too. It's kind of scary. It is scary. There's, there's some, like, people. There's some people. There are We're some not people. so bueno. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't want to get stuck in Las Vegas. But we woke up the next day, and we took all day to drive to Yosemite. Um, was it a pretty drive? It was a pretty drive. It, I, we got into California, and immediately I was like, this is California. Because it just looks so California-ish. Yeah. Like, the farmland, the trees, the plants, and everything. And yeah. the rolling hills where we were. So Sponsored I was like, by the state of California. <laughs> yeah, California, you could sponsor me. I think they have some other issues right now. <laughs> I think so, too. This is, like, not their main concern. No. They could just throw me, like, 50 bucks, though. Because I talk about them all the Half time on social media. This podcast is us looking for you. Sponsors for you. <laughs> Someday. Um, so we got to California, and, like, an overview of our daily life is that we would camp in the car. So, like, we would take all of our bags out of the backseat. What type of car was it? Was it, like, a minivan? Or was it no, a... it was, like, a normal car. It was small. Was it a sedan? I don't know. I'll show you a picture. Okay. Um, but it was, it, yeah, it was, like, a normal-sized car, but all the seats were out, and we would have to remove all our backpacks and put them in the front seats push the seats all the way up to the window, and then fill up the back as much as we could with the air mattress. And then I'd get in, or Sam would get in, and then we'd shut two of the doors, and then the last door, like, was really hard to shut because it just took up so much space, the air mattress did. So, like... Where did you put the air mattress when you were driving? We deflated it, oh. rolled it back up. And so it was a process. Yeah, it was a process. So every night... Sounds intimate. <laughs> And, like, the thing is, is that we parked the car in parking lots to grocery stores, and we had two different ones. So, first, we were at Vaughn's, which is right outside of Yosemite, um, and Vaughn's ended up ticketing us, and we felt betrayed because we really liked Vaughn's. Well, private, because I've, I've, I've been ticketed, like, twice by private companies. Yeah. They can't do anything unless you drive away. They can just keep sending you letters and letters and oh, letters, really? letters and then, like, if you never answer it, they might, like, lower your credit. For, but that's like all they can do. I don't even have a credit score. So, so yeah, you didn't have to pay it. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a pay thing. It was like a warning ticket. Oh. Which was good. Because they probably think you were like homeless or something. 
Yeah, so they were trying to, like, kick us out, and we felt hurt because I really liked Fonz, and we felt close after spending, like, four nights in their parking lot. You felt close with the store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, like, I went to the bathroom there every morning. I took showers in their sink. Like, you know, we were getting into Maybe it. you felt close to them, and they didn't feel close to you. <laughs> I think that is what happened. <laughs> so we, we ended up going to two different parking lots. Um, the second parking lot was a lot better because... One, the store was really cool, and two, right behind the store was a discount store, um, which I got, like, I could eat for, like, $3 a day, which was really nice, and if they didn't kick us out, I wouldn't have seen that. Um, and they kicked you out, too? No, they didn't kick oh, us out. Oh, they didn't, okay. But oh, Vons didn't kick Vons, out. Vons did. The second store didn't. Um, I forget what the second store was called, but the lady, or the person who ran the cafe in the second grocery store, would see me go to the bathroom every morning, like, in my pajamas, and, like, carry a sack for me to, like, change with, and I'd go in multiple times. And she didn't care? Well, she started, like, looking at me funny, and so one day I bought a tea, because I was like, oh, maybe I should buy something. Oh, you weren't buying anything? I was buying groceries sometimes. Oh, okay. But not every day. But you weren't buying a shower. No, I wasn't buying a shower. I, like, don't think you should have to, but... Do you think it would be good advice to just ask them, like, hey, can I use your bathroom to clean myself? Well, like, no, because they didn't come in. They didn't even know yeah. that I was taking a shower in the sink. But it couldn't have been very busy. I mean, like, right, was, it wasn't super busy. You couldn't blend in with the crowd. Yeah, so, like, she just saw me. She was there at work early. Yeah. Or, I'm sorry, they were there at work early, and I was having to poop early every morning. Um... Or other things. And so eventually she like was walking out at the same time that I was. And she was like, she saw me get into the car where Sam was still sleeping on an air mattress. And she was like, oh, that's you who's been parked in my parking spot. Oh, you were in a parking spot? <laughs> Apparently it wasn't labeled. And so she like pulled her car out and sat in her car and watched us until... She's like an FBI agent. I don't know. It took us like 45 minutes to get up and get ready and move everything so that we could move the car, but she yeah. waited there the whole time, like, chain-smoking and reading a magazine. <laughs> you know, whatever her name was, God bless her. Right. She, she, had, she had a job to do, which is keep her parking. Right. <laughs> so, Smoke her cigarettes and read her magazine. So eventually we That's just... That's like a character out of the book. I know. I want, like, her name to be, like, Betty or something. It might be. Betty Crockford. <laughs> It could be like, if my travels were a movie, it'd be great because it's just like sponsored a Warner Brothers. There you go. That would be the best. We have to stop this. I know. Like ten minutes of the whole thing. Of sponsors. Um. So yeah, that was just like the lifestyle that so we lived. It was fun. It. Yeah. It, it was, was adventurous. It was adventurous. I'd never slept in a car for that long. I'd probably only not showered that long. Like one time, I kept finding like black goo in between my toes, and it would stink when I would pull it out. And it I've would never, like I've never experienced that. <laughs> it would like stain my finger with stink when I would pull it out. It yeah. would stain your finger. Like just was it like oil? The scent would linger. The scent would stain it. Not was it like a good scent. aroma? No. You make it into a fragrance. <laughs> like if you wanted to puke, it would be good if you like. I'm like smelling. Like my you know, like the, like if you had like po- if you poisoned yourself by accident. Yeah. Yeah. It's just this idea. Don't it's copyrighted, so don't try to. <laughs> Don't try to steal that. You can take over EPEC or EPEC. Right. Yeah. So there was a few things. So we went into Yosemite almost every day. Um, I wanted to. So Henry had to go to the bathroom, but the next part that I was just going to talk about are some hikes that I did. In case you ever go to Yosemite, you want to hear about it, and it's a little more boring, maybe. 
So I'm going to talk about these while Henry uses the restroom. Um, so we stayed in a town, which I might be awful at this job because I don't remember the town name. Let me see if I can find it. This is like sad that I don't remember the town name that we went to every single day um, that we stayed in every night that's right outside of Yosemite. It is called Oakhurst, Oakhurst, California. Okay, so we stayed in Oakhurst every day. Um, so if you drive from Oakhurst to Yosemite, which is a good place that a lot of people stay in right outside, you obviously could find camping, you can find hotels, motels, or you could sleep in your car in a parking lot like we did. And the drive to Yosemite, um, it depends on where you're going in the park. A lot of the park was closed down, so we went to the southern part of it, the lowest part of it, um, and the drive would be like an hour and a half, an hour to two hours every day, depending on where we wanted to go. So the first day we did um, Yosemite Mist Falls, and then from there you can hike to Vernal Falls or Nevada Falls, and we only did one of those, so our round trip ended up being like up six miles, and we saw some beautiful beautiful waterfalls on this hike. Um, they call it Mist Falls because you're constantly walking through a mist. And not only were we walking through a mist in my water-resistant coat, not waterproof, there's a big difference, but it started pouring down rain, like almost the whole hike. So we did about six miles in the rain, um, in the fall mist, but we saw some really beautiful points that I can't even begin to describe verbally with words. And one of the cool things was is that it looked like a fairyland in some parts where you saw like lush green trees and bushes and flowers weren't really out yet. Um, but in these parts it was beautiful and rainbows would come out because of the sun and the rain, obviously, you know, that's how you make a rainbow. Um, and I just felt like I was in fairyland. So that was one of my favorite hikes. So people often recommend that when you go to Yosemite, do the Yosemite Mist Falls. And I'm going to make a blog post you can check out about all this that shows you pictures, round trip, maybe how to get there if you go to Yosemite and you like what I'm talking about and you want to find these. Um, another hike that we did that was easy for us was Yosemite Taft Point hike. Um, they had a restroom at the beginning of this trailhead that was like a bomb went off in there. It was probably the worst bathroom that I had ever gone to. Henry's so back. Still talking about bathrooms. <laughs> yeah. I was talking about this Taft Point hike that I went on, um, which we did at last minute because it was getting dark. We didn't know what to do. It was only a 2.2-mile hike round trip, and it brought me to one of the most beautiful points that I've ever seen in my life in Yosemite. So you, like, walk through these woods that the trees are really tall, and there's these big rock formations, and the ground is, like, a nice, um, dark brown, rich soil, and you're like, like your spout movements. <laughs> like my bowel movements. And you're like, well, this is a pretty easy hike for me. Where am I gonna end up at? And and I almost feel like you have to do a lot of hiking work to be at beautiful places, but this is probably because I feel like you have to suffer to get really extraordinary things, which is a problem which in my life. Which is true. <laughs> yeah. So was it on the trail or was it Yeah, it was right at the end of the trail. It opened up into this huge vista point where you could see a bunch of other um, really cool, like, famous spots in Yosemite, and it was one of the biggest spaces I've ever been in. Do you know how, like, tall it was? Like, the elevation? Or? No, this is why you suck at this. I don't, but, <laughs> but I it was know. high up. It was really, really high up, and 
there's a picture on my Instagram, on my Facebook that some of you may have seen where I was doing like dancer's pose on the edge of a cliff. And, um, are you going to plug your Instagram? Yeah. Underscore Wonder Woman Online on my own content. Is it still a plug? Um, but that picture is at Taft Point. You take amazing photos there. There's an amazing view. And you're just so surprised that it's at the end of this little hike. Um, so that's something that you should see. If it's People go there at night, too, to see the sunset. We didn't do that. I'm not sure why, but um, it's like one of it's the main sunset. things. Sunset, fun set. Yeah. Sunset, wave set. Yeah. So on the third day, we went to Nelder Grove, which I need to look up how old this tree was that I saw. Um, it was old. It was old. I remember when we went to the Redwoods, there were trees yes. that were, that, oh, I, this sounds super religious, but I just remember that there were trees, and when, okay, that's, okay. I remember there were trees at the Redwoods, but I remember when we went there, and I was pretty young, and I just was like, wow, this tree is older than Jesus. Yeah. I, I, I was raised like pretty much. More Jewish and Christian, but I don't right. know why. But I just remember being like, "Whoa!" Like Jesus was alive when this tree was alive. And not saying like, I'm not trying to convert anyone, but just plug for fun Jesus. Fun plug for Jesus. Any church is my sponsor. Yeah. So yeah. how old was it? So we went in the Nelder Grove Forest because the Mariposa place uh, where you see redwoods, which is like the number one recommended place to go place because they have so many old huge redwoods was closed um so we did know to grove and the tallest biggest tree i saw was 2700 years old which older than jesus older than jesus and very old That's it, very yes old. it felt like i was like walking and it was through. alive yes wow i felt like i was walking with dinosaurs like <laughs> but the thing was about this forest it's not like the coolest forest to see trees because you only see them every so often on the trail, but it was kind of fun because it was like a hunt. Like, you would think you would see these massive trees that are over 2,000 years old, but sometimes you miss them. So it was like we would, like, pass one up, and then we'd be like, oh, my God, like, there it is, and we'd go back. That's really cool. That sounds like a terrific experience. Yes. So the Nelder Grove was cool. You should definitely see that if you're there. It's Nelder with the N. Nelder, yeah. It's amazing to, like, see the inside rings of these trees because a lot of them had been burnt down. So you could see inside of them or chopped down, sadly enough, and be like, these trees are 2,007 years old. And, like, two, maybe, like, a centimeter of the rings on the trees that tell you how old it is, like, that's my life. Like, <laughs> this thing has been here a lot longer than I have and, like, seen so much more. This tree's going to, well, who knows, but hopefully the tree outlives us both. Yes, I hope so. Trees are awesome. If you think about them, they they're are. Just, they're just like majestic. I know. I just like put they're my like face on them and was like, "Give me all now your tree wisdom." You're tree hugging <laughs> I have always been, so I like it. So there you go. It works perfectly. It's uh, the narrative. Yes. Which. So then, what did you do? Okay. So then the next day, we did um, Upper Yosemite Falls, which is only a three point five mile hike up. Which hard for some people, not hard for others. I feel like I'm, like, good amount of fit, but the thing was, it was, I'm like... I'm sorry, I have to interrupt. Kaylin is very fit. We're <laughs> walking up the stairs, and I felt like I was dying, and Kaylin was just walking up the stairs. <laughs> so, Kaylin is fit. I don't know if that's a good way to judge that. <laughs> My most exercise is the stairs to get up here. Okay. Well, I, I guess I do a little more than that. But Upper Yosemite Falls was 3.5 miles straight up. It took us seven hours to do the whole hike. Seven hours? Yeah, to go up and down. 
two. I'm really bad at math, but that must have been like less than a mile per hour. It, yeah, it was like I didn't realize. I thought we'd have some like breaks of where it would even out, but there were hardly any breaks. Up. It was straight up. So the thing is, is that it's it's all gravel. It's almost like a man-made trail for part of it, but they've used rocks, obviously. And Sam and I were like, at least I won't speak for Sam. I was dying. I was like, <laughs> you know, trying to make it up. And the thing is, is that we got there to the park late, and we started this hike late, later than you should have. And we were, if not the last people up there, we were one of the last people. I think we were the last people coming down in the dark. Um, but you hike to the top of Yosemite Falls. Yeah. And something you see from the ground that looks like so far away, it looks like part of a movie, you're then on top of it looking down at, like, miles of falls. So well, That's incredible. Yeah, it was beautiful it was totally worth the hike and the physical suffering you should if you're going there that's another one thing that was like you like to use a a scooter and go up there like a what are those things a segway for those people Uh, (laughs) you know they should have some accessibility thing like an escalator yeah i think you can drive to the top but you want to hike but we wanted to hike it so that makes it much more yeah, but I mean, I guess memorable. if you can't drive the ball, yeah. yeah. And we played the like going on a picnic game the whole way up, so it's like, have you played that before? Is that like I bring you to grandma's house, like an apple? And then yeah, like, oh. and then I say bananas, and then you have to repeat apple bananas, and then I add something with a C. So it's the, like, like the alphabet. Yeah, mm-hmm. we did. I'm that. sorry, I think going to grandma's house is better than going on a picnic. <laughs> oh. That's, I didn't know people said grandma. But we'll talk, we're, except, we're inclusive. Yeah, we're inclusive. Just both of us. We, we're going to our grandparents' house. Oh, we'll just we do a picnic both. at grandma's house. A picnic at grandma's house. And that's really like a word yeah. salad. So it's like a word game where you have to memorize A, B, C, and every time. It's very fun for road trips. Yes. Or to like forget. Yeah. So I would be like, I'm going on a picnic and I'm bringing apples. And then I'd be like, I'm going on a picnic to grandma's house. I'm bringing <laughs> apples and bananas. And then I have to remember what Henry said, so I say, I'm going on a picnic at Grandma's house, and I'm bringing apples, bananas, and carrots. And then you keep going yeah. until it's the... And you don't have to say fruit. You can say whatever you want. So. Yeah, we had a little theme there. Yeah. We played games like that the whole way up, which made it so much better. And yes. people actually stopped us to ask us what word game we were playing. Because they wanted to play it? Yeah, and then they would exchange games with us, which was oh, cool. that's awesome. So we found a couple more. Um, when I went backpacking... For two weeks, I'm sorry to no. plug myself, but for two weeks in the Adirondacks, we played so many games like that, or like where you tell stories and you make up like ridiculous stories, and it really is, oh. it really gets your mind off like the physical. Yeah. So that's a really good tip that you brought up. It is, but that's cool about making up stories because I haven't done that yet. Yeah, so I want you to. made up one that was about like a, like a cow, and this was, I wasn't with vegans at all, but it was like a cow who was like. It's ridiculous, but you know, like, can you attest to this when you're hiking? It's, you get kind of high off the endorphins, yes, and, and just like anything goes. Anything goes, you're just like, I feel so <laughs> good, but also I'm dying, like, whatever comes into my brain, yeah. But drink water, drink lots of water. Um, so good hiking game tips. So, we did that upper Yosemite Falls, we made it up, it was getting dark, we saw the falls, we hung over the edge where you weren't Uh-oh. supposed to go. Rule breakers, did anyone die? No. Well, not that with us. Not that you know of. <laughs> yeah, not that I know of. Probably someone did. Rest in peace. Oh, probably. I need. I actually wanted to look that up. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> this podcast is now more. <laughs> yeah, 
We went down in the dark, which was interesting because we were the last people because a couple people passed us and then that was it. And it was like steep going up, but yeah. it was probably almost as hard to go down because it was steep. It was slippery at that point. And we also almost ran into a skunk on the way down. Like their tail was up and they their butt was towards us, but we were like, ah! So was there any other like wildlife that would be more dangerous, like bears? Or... Yes, but we didn't see them. So they yeah. could have been like stalking us in the dark, but we didn't see them. They didn't attack us if they were. Yeah. Thank you. Shout out to the well, bears. When we were in that Adirondacks, we actually, our group, it was part of this program where a bunch of people had done it. Our group actually saw three bears in a town of three. And they, they weren't aggressive, but you had to go away from them. Yeah. They would take all your food. And I remember once me and this girl were making um, this Thai food. And we were so excited. It wasn't even Thai food. It was like some like camping food that was like really trash. And we were like, oh, it's going to be so exotic. And this mother bear and her two cubs came. And it just, they ate it all. And you had, had always have to like leave. And so... Let them eat it. So my experience with them, and, and we had, it was ridiculous how many bears we had seen. Because um, we saw them three, wait, so we saw four, because we saw one in the middle of the night, which was much scarier than the night. During yeah. the day, it was much more. But in my experience with them, they they weren't, uh, they weren't like, aggressive, but, like, you had to let them have your food. Or, right. Or you didn't know what was going to happen. Right. And they, they're majestic to see, but much better to see them in real life than in the zoo. Yeah. For sure, but they're... And they're beautiful, but they're big. Right. They're not like, you know, to be played with. Right. But they're incredible creatures. I would love to see them do that. Or not even eat human food, but I'd love to see them up close. Yeah. It's, I don't know, there's some safety things. Right. I was doing it through a school program, so it was like, we were like, oh, we don't want the kids to get killed. So we had to like leave and we couldn't like see them. Yeah. Which, as much, I was lucky because me and the girl were making like the, our crappy time. That we thought was like a delicious feast, so we like saw them first. And yeah, you had whistles and everything, but okay, it, it was incredible to see them. Oh, amazing! I forgot okay. about that. that. That's amazing. Yeah, but so try to avoid them if you can. If you can, but I mean, if you do see them, then yeah. From the training that we got, it was like you let them have your food. Yeah, I would never try to try to fight them because no. you'll get hurt or they'll win. Yeah. You don't want to fight a bear. No. I mean, also, you're in their area, too. Right. Yeah, that's the thing to remember is that you're in their area. I know some people walk with, like, bells on a stick, too. Yeah. To oh, let them know that they're there, you know, and yeah. avoid conflict. That's so cool, Henry. I know. It's pretty cool. That's why it's fun to talk about travel, because then your memories come back. I know, yeah. I have, I have epilepsy, so I forgot a bunch of stuff that happened over the last few years, so then I have a game on the end, she'll just say stuff, and I'm like, oh, God. It's a good reminder. So epilepsy wants to... But uh, yeah. Awesome. I forgot about that, but that was very cool. That is cool. Um, okay, cool. So we, yes. Oh, I like that. Now I'm thinking about bears. I need to get back on here. Um, they're really cool. They're they really beautiful cool. to see, and especially the mother with the two cubs. It was yeah. It, it's almost spiritual. You're just like, it's like you feel like it's like you're on you're on like Mars or something because you know we're both from like I'm from. A big city, and you're from little town, but it's still like you know, human settlements. Yeah, yeah. So to see that, it's especially not in like captivity, where right. it's it's so different. Because you know, when you're a kid, your parents bring you to the zoo and everything. Yeah, and it just it's not it's the same. Sad. You see it in the zoo, and you're before I was like conscious about animal things. 
to pick mine. Or but even actually before I was a kid, I always thought like, I wonder if they could order stuff. Because I yeah. think kids always kind of have like a little bit of a. We know. Yeah, they know what's up. They know what's They're right. They're untainted. Wrong. Yeah. In some ways. In other ways, we can be like psychos. Yeah. But, uh, most aren't. But so I'd seen them, but seeing them in their natural habitat, it's just like incredible. Yeah, that's what's so cool. That's why I love. Um, national parks because yeah. I feel like a lot of things even though we're there a lot of things are untouched and you can yeah. have those moments or like why well, they have to be protected too yeah yeah because they're and state parks too I mean some yeah state, state parks too yeah. parks everywhere parks and provincial parks in Canada I'm if parks want to fund this podcast just I don't kidding. think they'd be down if we did I don't so. think so yeah I think they'd be down if we were talking just about parks I know well maybe. and like safety tips yeah well, you got some some travel story and safety tips. So bears, yes, bears. Um, but we made it down the hill. We didn't see any bears. We saw skunks, a skunk that Which didn't is spray more us. Scary. Yeah, most beautiful what skunk is I've ever seen. So, oh, so you didn't smell it? No, they. The skunk was standing there, and then we like backed up and waited until they went off into the bushes. I've never seen. I've never smelled like what a skunk smells like. Have you? Me neither. No. Well, like faintly, but not up close. Because that would have been awful. Then bonds really would have like broken up with us because they'd be like, get your skunk smell out of here. Oh, it like sticks to your clothing. Yeah, you have... It's on you for like, I think like it could be up to a week. It's on you for a really long time. Yeah. It's, so I'm glad we didn't... don't kill the skunk. (laughs) Don't kill the skunk. Just look at the skunk, move away. Um, but we made it back down. We didn't get attacked or anything. And we were dead tired. And then we'd go back to the parking lot and go to bed. And the next... Go back to Vons. Go back to Vons before they kicked us out. Um, the oh, next day... Oh, wait. So Vons is the one who kicked you out. Yeah. Up and then you went to like some other thing. Yeah. I wish I remember the name because they okay. were cool. The Vons. Vons. Um, Kicking out transient Might people. just be... I just might be salty, but... Um, well, you did take a parking spot. Yeah. You could have parked it. I had no idea. Maybe there was, was a two parking spot with parking. <laughs> there was tons, and like it wasn't even an employee parking section. So I was like, no, and it was pretty can... empty. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty empty. So I think people are scared of like drug use and stuff. Yeah, because there's something where people see uh, people living in cars and they they assume. I think more people who live in cars are living there out of necessity than right. traveling there. For sure, and like yeah. the places we would park would sometimes be close to the store because. There were trees there, so because in the morning we'd wake up and it, you know the sun's blaring and, and it's, it's hot. The car, the car gets hot. Yeah, the car gets the hot. The car gets hot. The car gets hot. Um, so yeah, that's why we would be close to the store sometimes because we wanted the shade of a tree. But like, so then it gets hot or then it's cold and then you roll your windows down and then the sprinklers turn on and get inside your car. Like, you know, yes. things you deal with when you're sleeping in a car, but it's but worth that it. Cleans your car. Yeah, you don't need a car wash. Cleans you a little bit. Um, so we spent the like, last couple days in Bass Lake at Angel Falls, um, which is part of Bass Lake. It's not part of the park, but they have a hike there, which didn't look as great after I was in Yosemite for a week. Yeah, because you're like desensitized. Yeah, now I'm like, oh, God, this isn't Oh, it's just pretty. a semi-beautiful lake. <laughs> right. It's not like a gorgeous national right. monument. Right. It's not Crater Lake. It's, oh, um, Shout out to Crater Lake. Yeah, I love that place. But so we did Angel Falls, which is cool to look up if you're in Bass Lake. 
there was a person actually, we hit some thrift stores, stores before we went there who told me how to get there. And it was only like 15 minutes away from Oakhurst, which I explained what Oakhurst is earlier. Um, but so we went there twice. We went there one day and we did a hike together, which was like, we jumped in the water. If you saw that on my Instagram, it was the coldest water I've ever been in. It was painful. But was it cleaning? Cleansing. Yes, because we yeah. hadn't showered in over a week at this oh, point. Oh, so that must have been terrific. It was amazing, but the second I jumped in, my whole body, like, hurt, so I, like, scrambled to get out, but the funny thing was is that there were these two people who were, like, drinking on the other side of the lake, and they were, like, cheerleaders. They were, like, doing hand They were motivating you? Yeah, they were filming us. They were cheering for us. They were dancing, trying to get us to jump Shout in. Shout out to drunk cheerleaders. <laughs> yeah. and then... Also, people get naked at this lake, so there was like a naked person Is on the other like side. Is this like an lake or something? No. So, Maybe. not that I know of. And it's like a safe place, too. There was only one naked person. Um, and like, you will see on the reviews, like, it's a really safe lake, but it's also like a sunbathing spot for people well, who want to get naked. we're all naked and we all die. Right. Well, I guess we die together. I want to die naked. If it's I don't think you can good... that out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's just true. <laughs> That was bad to say. Um, so that was pretty cool. It was freezing. And so we did that hike one day. We went to the lake at night and ate some food. And then the next day, um, we had other plans, but we had some complications that put those plans to the side. And I did a solo hike at Bass Lake, or I'm sorry, at Angel Falls within Bass Lake. Oh, yeah. um, How was uh, your friend doing after the car crash? Oh, he was still like kind of recuperating. I know he's had some other pains in his body from oh. other things, but he was generally better. Like he was feeling well enough to go on a trip. Was he concussed? No. Okay. So that's good. He wasn't concussed. I feel like I'm a police detective. Like, <laughs> and then he died. God forbid. <laughs> no, not going to again. That, that um, doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. He was he was feeling good, but our plans got canceled for that day. Um, so we went to Bass Lake again, and I did a solo hike that day, and I was the naked person then. So wow, I got naked and laid wow. out. Yeah, it was really nice because I was just like really, like back. I went back like a few miles on the hike, and there was a spot that no one was at on the lake. There was like I had to cross through the water, which was freezing, and then I laid out on a rock. Um, Were you on public view? No. Oh. It, there was like woods on both sides and then I was like actually in the middle of like Did you like meditate or something? Yeah. It was that must have been kind of zen. It was zen. Were you like worried though? Like, I was I would be worried being naked just anywhere. I wasn't worried about being naked. I was just worried about like sexual assault or harassment yeah. being by myself. And being a woman and yeah. naked. So I was like kind of on edge but then I was like calm down if it's gonna happen like be prepared. You said you're a man. No. <laughs> I had my mace with me, so that you were clothed. So I was clothed with mace, not with clothes, but with mace. Um, I've seen enough prison documentaries to know that works pretty well. See, so I was yeah. like ready to go, and it was really nice too because I got in the water and it wasn't as freezing because it wasn't near the waterfalls that we had gone into. Um, but yeah, that so like a great trip. It was a great trip. After that, we just drove from lost, or I'm sorry, from. Um, Oakhurst to Berkeley, California, and for the conference. For the conference. The so, infamous conference. Infamous conference. So now we can talk about the conference. So are you gonna like edit what we talked about earlier back in here? 
Um, probably not. Okay. I'll just keep it going. Just keep it rumbling. Keep it organic. Keep it organic. Keep For it all you viewers, so you know I'm not Fake. cheating you. Um, editing is evil. Yeah. So you're just coming to you straight out of Montreal. Quebec. Yeah. Canada. Exactly. Debatable. Uh. <laughs> That's a different podcast. That's a different podcast episode. Um... So now we'll talk about the Animal Liberation Conference and an interesting thought that I like to think about before I even talk about the conference is that I did research and I found that only half of 1% of the world is vegan. I think like 3.5 is vegetarian, but like... Of the world? Yeah. Half of 1% is vegan. It's got to be hard though to measure that. Like yeah. the world. Right. Like that's a, that's like it's hard. I can't even cite the study. Honestly, I was Googling a lot because it was hard to find, and that's the main thing that I kept seeing. So if you want to go look at that, be my guest. Um, but, And then you have to think of, of those people. A very small percentage of that are activists. Like, oh, minuscule. Yeah. Most people do it for themselves, for their health or their body right. or their unethical issues. The environment, whatever. Everyone I know who's vegan besides you does it for themselves. Really? Including, including me. I mean, I'd love to do more activism type yeah. stuff, but it's just easier because it, it's a very, my experience, trying to explain it to other people, even your family, can be very confrontational. Oh, even it is. Even if you're not being confrontational, it can be very irksome and tiresome. Yeah. It takes a lot of work. It is. Although we did do some activism together. We did. Caleb brings up the radical. That's <laughs> what I try to do. The thing about activism is like, Especially if you do it as much as I do, or someone else does that who does who does it way more than me, it's like another job. I mean, yeah. it's emotionally draining, physically draining. You can spend money on it. You spend time. I guess if you donate, that's a good way. If you're trying to like avoid, if you're really not mentally in a good enough spot to do it, or if you just simply don't want to, right? I guess donating to groups is a yeah. way of directly supporting that. Yeah. To support your, yeah, support your activists, support your sanctuaries, support yeah. the groups so that, you know, like, people like me or other people, um, who volunteer. Have, yeah, volunteer, like, can do things that you might not want to do because it does cost us time and money and energy yeah. and all that good stuff, but, I mean, it's worth it, so, that was just a thought I wanted to put to everyone, a very small amount of the population is vegan, an even smaller amount are activists, which is hard for me to understand because now, like, most of my friends are activists, yeah. So it's my constant world, but I forget in the bigger the picture. Bubble. Yeah, this is my like tiny, less than You're half of one percent bubble. In way bigger vegan bubble. Yeah, and yeah. so it's like I, I forget that this is like not as normal to other people because I almost don't want to talk about it because I'm like it's so like boring, but like other people don't it's hear most, about this. Yeah, most people don't know about it. Yeah, so the DXE. Um, Anonymous for the Voiceless, the Save Movement Conference was in Berkeley, California. And last year, if you listen, my first podcast ever, I actually interviewed someone who rescued a dog from China. Um, wow. Yeah. And went to jail. In China? In China. Yeah. Her name's Julianne Perry. It's the first episode. So, like, I kicked off this podcast actually last year at the Forum. Wow. A year ago. So, that's pretty cool. Chinese jail is pretty rough. Yeah. Well, they have, like, bands that just shoot you. It, I forget the whole thing, but... Yeah, execution plans. Yeah, she took I'm not saying she got killed, but... No, she didn't. She didn't. Thank God. Julian How long was awesome. she in jail? I'd have to listen to it again. But, a, but, like, days or months? I think it was days. Okay. Yeah. 
It might have been up to a week. I would honestly have to go back and listen to it, but it was like an intense experience. What happened to the dog? They, they brought up the dog back to the United States. Okay. Yeah. So they took footage. So they were nice enough. Yeah. Well, they got the dog. I forget how they got. You have to go back and listen because I'm awful at this. Everyone listening. Um, but they got the dog back to the U.S., which was cool. Is this like the dog counting festival? I forget what it's called. Um, I don't even. Yulin. The Yulin festival. Yeah. I don't even know if it was for the festival, but they were being used for food. Yeah. Yeah. So they saved them from Because it was like a market for them. Yeah. Like how in people, Korea too. Yeah, and people here are like that's so gross, but like you do the same thing to cows and pigs and chickens, and it's like not any worse, you know. It's yeah, so I guess a question would be like, you know, that type of activism of rescuing dogs would be hailed by most, pretty much everyone, unless you really hate dogs, which is not a lot of people. Yeah. In in the non-vegan world, as like a heroic thing to do, almost. Right. Whereas oh. if you rescued a chicken or if you rescued a a rat, people would think you were. They consider it stealing. They're like, oh, yeah, oh yeah, you're right. Stealing, yeah. trespassing, stealing property, you contaminating. Shot, yeah. Depending on the state. Yeah. So it's like interesting to see how people support them in doing that, but then, you know, some of the same people will do that for pigs, and people are like, you're like you stealing to, property. You have to think though. I sometimes think like, a thought that just came to when you mentioned her is is that. When, if she got, it, or if anyone rescues dogs and gets like national coverage or even some coverage, it probably for some people, very few people probably, it probably makes them think like, wait a second, like why aren't people like even non non vegan? Yeah. It, it might because different people get like awakened in different ways. Yeah. And I feel like some people might be awakened by that like, oh wait, like they rescued that animal, what about like this other animal that I mean? Yeah. Like it, it could, you know, so. I think that's part of what they want to do too. You know. Yeah. And I think people are so quick to criticize any different, like no matter what you, whatever activism or action that you oh, get yeah. criticized, which I think is so counterproductive. Right. You do get criticized because you're, you're like usually going against the mainstream. So. Yeah. Yeah. But that was it was awesome. Of that's them. very cool. You got to interview her. Yes. the The podcast is actually really cool. It was the first one from last year. Um, because I went to this last year, and last year was so different. Last year I stayed in an activist house with a ton of people and like. Yeah two or three rooms in the house. Was it in Berkeley too? It was in Berkeley. Um, and it was like no sleep. This one was not a lot of sleep either, but like it was very different because it was very yeah. crowded. People like every section of the floor. And this time we got an Airbnb. The difference, traveling with money, um, I was able to get an Airbnb and split it with friends. Were and they it, still offering the activist house? Or? No. I, they, they did offer some, but um, they were full by the time okay. I decided to go. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh, gotta find my own housing. Um, but I just wanted to talk about some of the cool things that were there, the things that I really appreciated. Um, the, the very small things is one, every year there's an activist dance party, which is like ecstatic dance with a bunch of vegan activists. It's like a rave. A rave. And I was sore for the next two days after that. That's like one of my most favorite things. Um, they had awesome food, they catered every day. I fell in love with like five people. Which happens every year, because <laughs> um, the people there's Rest some <laughs> yeah really amazing <laughs> people. Right, it's just every year I'm like, oh my god, these people are so beautiful, and then I get really caught up, and then I'm and like, you came to Montreal. Yeah, and then I was like, I have to leave you all. Um, so amazing people, I made amazing friends. We had a big North Carolina group this year. There were like twelve of us from North Carolina, uh-huh. and there was only three of us last year. What states do you think like were most represented? California, of course. Um, 
I think Arizona. Uh-huh. Like there's a big Phoenix group. There's a big North Carolina group. Is there a Portland group? Yes, Portland. I'd follow those people. Shout out to Jocelyn Cool if you listen to this. Seattle? Um, I don't know about Seattle. I think the Portland group covers a lot of that area. Were there any like um, surprise groups like Oklahoma City or <laughs> you know like agricultural, more agricultural areas? There were. I don't remember the specific places, but yeah. it was from all over the US and then people even outside the country came. So it was like international. Montreal. Yes. Yeah, because I sat actually next to a person on the plane coming to Montreal. We didn't plan it, but I'd seen him at the conference. And then I sat next to him on the plane. And I was like, didn't you just go to the forum or the conference? And he was like, yeah. Did you? And we were like, yeah. And then you took over the plane. And then we disrupted the I'm just kidding. No, that's hijacking. Yeah. That's like a capital offense. I would be in big trouble. Um, you can get executed. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, I'm not going to do that. Um, but another cool thing was that um, I met a friend that I've had online named Taylor, uh-huh. who travels, the one that I talked about who travels, like, all the time. Yeah. Primarily moneyless. He does lots of hiking, and, like, he bike tours a lot, and he walked across the U.S. at one point. I met him for the first time, and that was amazing. Um, I feel like we're really similar. And he's really great. He's been on this podcast too, so I finally got to meet him in person because we skyped for the previous podcast. podcast. Yeah, so that was a highlight. So those were some of the highlights. The food that they catered was awesome. They were from like local. Was vegan. Yes, vegetarian vegan restaurants. Um, So those were the little things and some big things I appreciated. But what were those big things? Big things. First of all, we did the Animal Liberation March. We had over a thousand people, which was cool. Yeah. Um, we did a die-in at the end where everyone like pretended to die. Is on this the where you got arrested? No. Oh, okay, that was a different die-in. That was a different. <laughs> that was a sit-in. Oh, okay. In front of a slaughter truck. Um, so we did that. That was just neat to see that many yeah. people. We also did a Cube of Truth. Are you familiar with yes, that? Yes. Okay. I've seen those oh, reports yeah, that the Farmers Market. Yeah. So, Cube of Truth is where people, activists, get in a cube, they have laptops, they're showing slaughterhouse footage. Aren't they normally dressed up so you can't see their faces? Yeah. They're all in black and they have masks on, yeah. so you can't oh, see like their Oh, like anonymous faces. kind of masks. Yeah. And that's... Like computers, like you said. Yes. So, actually, anonymous for the voiceless hosts it. They're called anonymous for the voiceless. Are they related to anonymous? Maybe? I don't think so. I don't so. think so. Anonymous, I don't even know what they are. I don't know either. They hack stuff. They're more like political. Yeah. <laughs> So we made it, we did the biggest cube. I think it was the biggest cube to date. There was a hundred people in the cube, but then there were a bunch of other cubes. I think there were like 50 cubes in all, um, smaller cubes. So we had a ton of activists. So that San Francisco area? Yes. How many people do you think saw it? Like thousands? I think they tallied like there was like 700 conversations Uh that happened that went pretty well. So more people saw it. Oh, so like that's just like the positive ones. Right. Because we had to tally how many people. What we about had conversations. conversations. Right? Probably they didn't tally that. Because that's not very productive. <laughs> yeah, but you always get them. So yeah. I did outreach at our cube the whole time, um, which was interesting, as outreach always is. Um, so that was just neat to see. The, do you have any cool stories from that? Or? Um, do I have any cool stories? I just always think it's interesting that some, this is like, I see this stuff so often, or you do, like, we're more aware of it, and this is some people's first time seeing it. Yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, and kids, too. Yeah, 
So it's, I didn't have, this one actually wasn't that eventful, which I thought it would be more. The foot traffic was kind of slow, but yeah. I did see a lot of kids watching and I talked to a lot of, everyone was pretty positive when I talked to them. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people were seeing it for the first time and I'm just like, what? Well, and that, even if they have a negative reaction, that's a good thing because right. they're seeing something that they don't want to see. Yeah. Or well, they're, you're not like forcing them to see it. No, them, they can know. walk past. But they're seeing it. Yeah. So it's just, that's got to be rough though, the whole, I mean, even though I guess you do get desensitized to it yeah. to a degree, still. Like, I cry sometimes when I'm doing outreach because yeah. I'll like get in a trance watching the video, even though I've already seen it's the like footage. It's like seeing a car crash. Or yeah. It's horrible. It's like, I'm like, I need to stop looking and just do my job. It's really sad. It's really sad. Um, yeah. So that was cool. I actually only have a couple more events that I wanted to share about. Okay. Um, one, oh, I, this wasn't even an event, but I saw some awesome speakers. I saw Celeste Rao, um, Denise Bitts, Vegan Evan, Glenn Greenwald, and then Nellifer. I forget Nellifer's last name. I think it starts with an H. Nellifer H. Nellifer H., who is an awesome journalist. Um, so I saw some speakers that really motivated me and gave me some hope and had me bawling, which was nice. <laughs> Um, sent me to emotional distress yeah exactly um we did an all-day vigil and we did this first outside of a chicken slaughterhouse and so there was a ton of us we had to take groups of us to these slaughterhouses yeah. and the one like the carport was open and we could see what was happening inside the slaughterhouse oh wow um and, and you saw the slaughtering i didn't see the slaughtering but i saw the chickens in cages and they would take a hook hook the chickens and pull them out and hang them upside down without doing anything else to them. So that was, they were like rough too. So that was hard to watch because um, I hadn't seen that exact process. Weird they'd like, you'd see that, like a group of activists against them. Yeah. So you'd think they'd be on their best behavior of doing a horrible thing. But right. so like, you know, propaganda is not going to... Make it look better. Yeah, but nope. no. No. Business I, is business. I think they were, the workers were just like, we still have to do our jobs even though these yeah. people are here. And I guess um, DXC has some sort of relationship with the slaughterhouse. So they said that every group that came to bear witness, they would let us take um, a chicken, rescue a chicken. So there were, I don't know how many chickens were rescued that day. That's but a very rude slaughterhouse. Yes. They're like, we're killing, it's like if you had a concentration camp and they're like, you can right take across, one. take one person. Right. Like, that's weird. Isn't it weird? If you're going to be doing something horrible, you'd think you'd just go full out. Right. But I, they see it as like necessity or their job or you know or like proving maybe trying to make them look more human. Mm -hmm. I feel like it makes them look more not humane. And well, especially when you get to see inside and then everyone shares the footage. I mean, it's great that they like let us save some lives, but it's just hard to be there. But a minuscule proportion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know it makes all the difference in the world for those people that are rescued, but like for everyone else yeah. that's stuck in the slaughterhouse. It's like, it's hard. So that was one thing I noticed at this all-day vigil was that, um, is that I would be really upset watching it because um, I would remind myself like, okay, I'm here and this is their reality yeah. and this is reality. And then like an hour later, I'd be laughing and like happy as I could be. And I felt kind of guilty about that. But then I also realized that like my friend Christina was talking to me about it. Like if I stayed upset forever about it I wouldn't be functional and it wouldn't be healthy and like I wouldn't be able to do more activism yeah. but it was a weird thought to think that like I could watch such horror 
in one moment and then like an hour later be like well, there's a famous story from a concentration camp like I forget his name but he wrote a bunch of books and he had his little peace prize mm-hmm. about how people would like make jokes to each other like in the camp uh-huh. like or they like put on like plays and performances like right. even like after in experiencing or witnessing war mm-hmm. which in itself is experiencing it in a way if you, if you have any empathy then you're experiencing it like not yeah. to say degree obviously but you yeah. have to you, you have to move on you can't if you spend right. your whole life you know sitting around devastated over over this like and not using that devastation for change then, mm-hmm. you're, then it's a waste yeah and they're winning they're not only killing the animals that are winning but they're killing who you are right you know they're, they're taking away who you are that was so good Henry I know I feel like Oprah <laughs> I felt like I was sitting with Oprah you get a car you get a car and you yeah give me a car okay. sponsor my podcast <laughs> Oprah Oprah if you one day happen to listen um good point Henry yeah. That's a good. Well, thank you. I hope activists can really hear that too, because like I felt guilty about that, but th- it's like a good logical point. Yeah. You know, taking some emotion out of it, like, yeah, it's not logical to be upset forever and yeah. not do anything with it. Yeah. Um. S- yes. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Oprah. Um. <laughs> the second part of that day, bearing witness, is that we went to. I've never seen this before. I almost threw up. We went outside of a slaughterhouse that was closed for the day, but they were doing cleanup. So they opened like a big garage door and they were putting into a dump truck, like, um, this is graphic, so warning, uh, like chicken feet and body parts and like intestines. And they would put them in a bucket and then they would lift it up and then they just put it into the dump truck. And so like that I've seen before and I was like, this is gross, but I've seen it kind of desensitized. But then they had things of blood. It was like a bin, buckets buckets of blood, like huge bins of blood. They would fill it up, and the first time we weren't expecting it, so they pulled it up over the truck, and they dumped it into the truck, but it spilled over the edge, onto the truck, onto the workers. Onto the side of the, onto the workers? Onto, yeah. Are you going to be filming this? Yeah, yeah. I have it on film. Um, Like, it it wouldn't hit the workers, but the splash off the pavement. Um, And how did they react? they, They just have, like... You know, they have blood on their clothes already, like literally. And then I saw it splash on an activist too. It almost splashed on me. And there's like blood running down the pavement. This is when I almost did because I wasn't expecting to see blood like spilling over onto the pavement. Blood brings out a reaction. Oh my god, it was horrifying. It's so interesting. Like you try to force people. I mean, I did this with my family a lot. You try to force people. It worked on my brother, but not on my parents. Yeah. You try to force people to see like slaughterhouse videos. Yeah. It's upsetting for myself even to watch it, but but you, like you said, like if you're into, like if you are vegan, and I was always I was originally a vegan and a vegetarian for most of my life just because of the ethical reasons, mm-hmm. and then later was like, oh, the environmental and health and all that, that's good too. But nonetheless, uh, seeing seeing those videos even after you've seen a lot of them, is really painful, like you said, but then other yeah. people, that shock just is, it's just, you know, and it's amazing to me that people can see it and then still go on, because I feel like it's right. so shattering. I guess they, they refuse to watch it. Right. They find ways to not watch it. Or they get mad, they get very angry. That's yeah. my experience with it, is people get very angry. It's like, why are you angry? You're participating in this. Right. Like, 
you shouldn't do anything in your life that if you watch it happening, like if you watch yourself doing something, it makes you angry. Or if you watch a process that like you are scientifically right. and participating, right. that you are the cause of. Because it, the, the chickens aren't cleaning themselves up on the slaughter racks. You know? mm. You're right, Henry. And, and I think another thing people do is like, they'll be like, but this isn't where my chicken comes from. This is where your chicken comes from. This was like... Murder is murder. Yeah. One of these slaughterhouses, we went to three that day. The last one, we didn't see anything, but it was an awful... Actually, the outside looked like a concentration camp that I've seen in pictures. Yeah. Um, And that's what I immediately thought of. But the animals that were held there and then killed there, slaughtered there, murdered there, um, came from organic, organic, Organic. cage-free farms. That's so... I hate that one. And it looked like a death camp. Like... These animals go to the same places. They end up so in the same places. So your cell was a little bit bigger, but, you know. Yeah. The firing squad is the firing squad. Exactly. So I just... And how cruel is that, too, to, like... There's this documentary I saw where they're like, oh, we love our animals, and we kill them. It's like, so you're developing a relationship with another being. Isn't that messed up? And then you're killing them. Yeah. Like, that is more evil right. to me than, being, than psychologically tricking yourself into not seeing them as another being. Right. To... To like be like, oh, we love this pig, and now we're gonna eat it. Right. It's like it's so sickening. It's because the it's pig too forms an attachment, and they trust you. And it's an ultimate stab in the back. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And and when you eat it, by the way, for those who aren't, you know, who still eat meat, I don't know why you're listening. Maybe you are, but you're eating all the stress hormones and everything that's being released when right. you die. Because just like if you, if we we're we're friends, and if you yeah. killed me one day and tried to eat me, I'd be very stressed when you were killing me. <laughs> graphic, but right. it's very upsetting. It is very upsetting. So, so don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I think there are a lot of people who are not vegan who listen to this, too. Well, so hopefully. They get their daily dose of vegan. And it's never too late to start. Yeah. Yeah. Never, ever. And it's and and then when you go vegan, you kind of look at the things you've done, and you feel crappy about them, or at least I did. But then you try to make a change. But you also recognize, you know, you lived in a world that, yeah. that was supporting you. Right, that told you it's okay, and you grew up like that, you know. So you have to unlearn everything. Unlearn. And relearn. Unlearn, relearn. And you're not, it's not a cult or anything, I don't think it's a cult. Get so much. active. Yeah. That's a good way to end it. <laughs> I have one more thing. Oh, wait, well, one more thing. One so more thing, and then, active, and then, P.S. P.S. The last thing that we did was, we walked onto an organic farm in California, um, which was an egg farm. And I, I think that they, it was supposed to be cage-free also. Um, was it cage-free? No. I'm guessing no. Yes. No. Um, there was, like, a few chickens that were, like, so they had these barns. And then inside, chickens were in cages. And some yeah. of them, the chickens, there's footage you can watch, were, like, eating each other's bodies because they had stepped on each uh, other. They didn't have enough space. They didn't have fresh air. The water... There was no water coming out of the dispensaries. Um, they were sick. A lot of them were already dead. And then a few of them were outside. But the, but on the sides of the barns, there was like probably like a foot of shade that they yeah. could be in. And then in the middle was just like dusty, dirty dirt. And they couldn't be out in the sun anyways. Where do you watch this footage? I'll post it on my, on my on Facebook, Facebook page. page. Yeah. But if you go to Direct Action Everywhere's, the whole Animal Liberation Conference event, you can find this footage of inside the farm which I didn't go, but also on the outside. Didn't they get arrested? Yeah, I, I can't get arrested right now. So I yeah. was like... Or she can't come to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I will... So we had three groups of activists. 
One of them stayed off the property so yeah. that they couldn't get in trouble at all. Second group, which was me, we waited right outside of the barns. Yeah. So we went onto the farm, but we waited outside the barns. And then the third group, some people went into the farms, yeah. rescued animals, took footage, things like that. Yeah. Um, so we had 500 people, I think, in this wow. rescue event. 39 got arrested. We They rescued 37 chickens. So 39 activists arrested, 37 chickens saved, 500 people physically there. I'm sure there were more people who helped plan it. Yeah. Um, but you can see it got a lot of press coverage and things like that. But like the smell on the farm was awful. The conditions were awful. And I didn't even have to go inside a barn to see that. And this was a humane, cage-free. Yeah, cage-free. Yeah, it's a lot. And, and on the trucks, there was, like, pictures of happy chickens, and it said, like, organic and big things and, like, fresh. Like, these are the freshest eggs. And I'm like... Oi, they. Oi, they is right. Like, yeah. false advertising. Like, if those were dogs in there, they would be shut down immediately. Um, so... This, that argument itself, like, is false all over. Yeah. It's, it's just that we're speciesists, so we don't value dog, um, chickens as much. So, I mean, that whole action that was the first mass open rescue ever done in history yeah so that was really neat and i'm glad that we saved or that they saved so many lives um well, good for you guys yeah right yeah. it was cool um but like i just hope this happens more and more i hope it's yes. a common occurrence hopefully it's a couple of times yeah i think it is i think so too which something if you look at historical movements they don't really go downwards yeah sometimes they take a long time right Years, centuries. <laughs> I hope it's not that long. But hopefully not. Because we need this well, now more than so ever. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome, Henry. It was fun. It was a hoot. It was a hoot. And hoot. A hoot. It was so nice to have you and like oh, not snap. just talk to myself, you know? Yes. Um, I wanted to plug the Oakhurst, what is this called? Love Vegan Cafe. Because when I was on Oakhurst, I thought I should end in a happy note. Um, we found this vegan cafe right outside of Yosemite. So if you go to Yosemite, go to the Love Cafe. It's all vegan. It is amazing. The people who work there are amazing. And they had the nicest bathrooms that I had been to on this whole trip. So, so on that bathrooms note. and the food. Yes. Anything that you'd like to add, Henry? No, it's been great talking to you. It's great hosting you. And hmm. welcome to Montreal. Thank you. Yeah. Keep up the good work. Can you say goodbye and thank you? Can you say goodbye in French? Keep on going